Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hey everyone, it's Sanira here. CEO School is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are part of a family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Puri. My First Million features guests like Gary Vee and Sophia Amoroso sharing their secrets for how they made their first million and how to apply their learnings to capitalize on today's business trends and opportunities. I recently enjoyed listening to Sam and Sean talk with Anand Sunwal, CEO and co-founder of CB Insights, about how Anand built his companies, the importance of data, small business niches that are growing, and so much more. Listen to My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Happy Monday. It's Sanira here, and welcome to CEO School. I'm so excited for today's episode because I have a friend on uh, online with me here today, Dietitian Deanna. And if you have not heard of her, you might have seen her in the Health Magazine, Today Show. And recently, she just became one of the most influential people in wellness Uh, for 2022. And Deanna is a health advocate, but one of the things that I absolutely love about her, she has built a seven-figure entrepreneur uh, business through through her wellness programs. But the concept of intuitive eating, and it's not a diet program. It is the anti-diet everything. And so I've been following Deanna for probably over five years now. We actually met online, on Instagram, and I just love everything she posts about this concept called food freedom. And, you know, as a as a millennial, I grew up around so much diet culture, and I still struggle with it. And, you know, DNI and I were just talking before the show that I'm so excited to have her on because I want my girls to have that food freedom that I feel like I was psychologically not trained to have. And so with that, I'm so excited to welcome Deanna to today's show and to talk all things nutrition and all things uh, entrepreneurship. Deanna, welcome to CEO School. This is a dream. Literally, I have listened to CEO School podcast since, I mean, a lot has changed since I met you. I met you at an in-person event in Atlanta when you spoke about your business. And then, yeah, we became friends online. We've talked a lot. And to be able to hit the seven-figure mark and be in that 2% club has been a dream of mine. And I, we did it last year. And so I'm just so honored to be able to bring that energy today and realize that I have been listening to this to want to be part of this club. And it was a huge like milestone that I hit last year. And we're going to double it this year. So just really excited. Oh, my God. I... 
I feel so excited and the like the feeling is mutual. I feel like honestly just having just seeing your success and you know just seeing that growth and you know I think one of the things that's so important and I remember now I specifically remember that conference and talking about the 2% club and sometimes you don't even know what's possible. Right? And that's exactly the premise of this podcast is that less than 2% of female founders do um, you know, do not break, you know, only break that 1 million in revenue, less than 2%. And when I heard that statistic, I knew that that was something that we had to change. And I actually feel it, Deanna, that we are actually changing the statistics. Like we are actually changing them. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I remember when you were like, who wants to make six or multiple six figures in your business? And everyone raised their hand and you're like, wait, guys, what about seven? And I was like, wow. Like, could I hit seven figures in my business? And this was two years ago. So things have changed. I mean, I'm a different person since I saw you last as well. Oh my God. Well, I am. Well, I love following it, following along. I know you recently had a beautiful baby as well. Congratulations on that. And just all things. We all have girls now. I know. Well, let's let the audience uh, in uh, on who Deanna is. Tell us about, you know, uh, you know, your podcast. You have a top, literally top 10 wellness podcast. So tell us everything about what you do and, um, you know, what you, what you stand for. Sure. The business is Dietitian Deanna, and it's honestly grown from a community on social media where I entertain, connect, educate, and have just built a community of people that support me in everything. It's been so incredible, whether it's been my postpartum journey recently or um, how I literally went from bodybuilding is when I started on Instagram in 2015. I was journaling my post bodybuilding journey. And it's been full circle for me to not have a period. I had an eating disorder. I went on to do a bodybuilding show. um, And now I really preach non-diet, weight neutral, intuitive eating approach with my clients to literally take them through the journey that I needed to do. And it took me years and I do it with a three-month program. And really that's my proudest moment to help overcome what most women have struggled with, right? Our body image, a simple and positive relationship to food. Um, So I hang out on Instagram the most. And I just had so many women asking, well, how did you create this online? My program is called Food Freedom Breakthrough. So I've helped over 150 women now also start their online business, health professionals, whether it be dietitians, dietitian students and interns. We have physical therapists, doctors, uh, personal trainers, nutritionists who all want to use social media for marketing and make money virtually so they can have flexible schedules. So we've helped so many women hit six figures plus in their business. And so it's just grown into something where it was kind of like this homegrown thing. And now we have a few full-time employees and a team of 10 contractors. So it's just really, really amazing. That's so incredible. I love that you know, you've been so vulnerable about your journey online. It's something I've always connected with you for it. Uh, I think you share the like the real raw of like, it's just like even like basic stuff. It's like what you eat. I love just like looking at like what you're eating or when you go to Trader Joe's and like looking at your Trader yeah. Joe's haul. Like those are just so fun to say you're like, okay, you are a dietitian and a nutritionist and 
you know, just what you're like, you know, eat the eat the pasta and you're like literally eating like a big bowl of pasta and you're like, don't be afraid of eating, you know, eating the bread. And like, that's where I like I have. OK, I can't eat the carbs. I can't eat the carbs. And then I watch you take a big bite of your like sourdough avocado toast. And then I go and make and I make myself an avocado toast. And so I love um, just watching the truly what you have on the food freedom aspect. And then I think it's so incredible that, you know, once you become an entrepreneur, um, I've, you know, I recently just talked about like my my why and for me it's oh it was I when I started it was always about freedom of time and freedom of dollar. Those are two reasons why I decided to quit my 9 to 5 and to become an entrepreneur uh, for those two reasons. And then you add like freedom of impact. Like that also takes place in every successful female entrepreneur that has been on this show for the last 3 years. They start with very similar uh, reasons on having that flexibility and having, you know, having their own control. And then, you know, what I love about female entrepreneurship and why the world is truly just a better place when women make more money is because women do like do good. Like we just do good. And then here you are, you've built your successful business and it's thriving. And then now you're helping other, um, you know, nutritionists and, you know, uh, wellness professionals build their, build their businesses as well. And so I just think that is just a good reminder for us that truly nothing bad happens when women have the seat. I agree. And I think it's why taking that to the nutrition professionals and saying there's nothing wrong when dietitians make more money. Honestly, Sunira, when you come out of school as a dietitian, most average salaries, like, I mean, my first starting salary, I think was like 35 or 45K. Um, and that's where most people stay, right? And I, I don't, it's a lot of female professions that are in the health realm. I think we're, we don't know how to ask for more. We don't know how to be okay with no. And you get stuck there, right? And how, and I hit six figures because I decided not to go the clinical route as a dietitian. I was like, this is great, you know, and you're happy there. But um, going into entrepreneurship is hard, but was completely worth it. No, but uh, that's why absolutely. it's been my big thing is like dietitians literally make terrible money for the we have to do so much schooling at least six years now. It's a master's requirement as well as an unpaid or you're paying $10,000 for an internship that you have to wow. do. Wow. It's a crazy, crazy long journey to get paid for very little now. I think that this is actually so true for a lot of the healthcare, like a, a lot of the, a, yeah. a lot of our critical um, jobs that we have. I mean, if you look at literally the people that school our kids, right, and keep us safe at our, you know, and keep us healthy and keep us alive are the ones that are least paid. And they have to go through the most amount of training, the most amount of school, like this is a world that just does not make sense in this world at all. And so I do think that entrepreneurship is 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 that pathway to truly control, you know, control it for yourself. But it's not easy, right? And it's not for everyone. And so I love that you show up and you can share that it is for everyone. I want to take us back um, for the, you know, women in the audience. Like I want to I want to have a conversation with you personally on like my struggles. And I'm happy to be vulnerable here. I've struggled with my weight my entire life. Um, and it's not, you know, growing up, you know, you, I was, I wasn't like that chubby. I don't remember being that chubby, but my entire family, I was round for sure, would call me Moti. Moti is like, um, nickname. It's like super sweet. And in Spanish, like, uh, I think it's like gordita or like the, in, in like a more endearing way. And no one ever meant it as like a, you know, you know, something derogatory, but it was just, I was the cute chubby one. And so they would call me Moti. And so 
that is like something that I remember just always feeling insecure. I was always insecure about my weight. And then as I, you know, hit puberty and, um, you know, my body was changing and all of the things like I definitely felt like I like in high school, um, not I felt like I had an eating disorder in high school. I struggled with bulimia. And this is not something I've ever actually shared like online or anything like that, but you all know how open I am about my life experiences. So I struggled with bulimia from the age of 16 until college, until about 22. And it was on and off for many years. And I would have periods where it would be uh, like heavy and I would have periods where it would not, like it would just, I would be able to, you know, go into, um, you know, um, you know, into it, you know, into a pause with it, but it was so mental. It was so difficult. And I just, I never, I never talked about it with anyone. I never got support. I never, you know, did any of that. And, um, so common. Yeah. And I eventually ended up like, I fixed the problem somewhat. Like I, you know, fixed the eating disorder, but the mental side on food has still, still been a struggle through my late, like through my twenties and then after my kids and then baby weight and all the things. So literally my entire life, as I know it, I've struggled on the yo-yo diet scale. I've tried everything under the sun and it's like, it's just been, it's, it's, it's been its own journey. And so I do want to share that with you today and with the audience today that even like as, you know, Success, like no matter what, like even though you think that I have all my shit together, like not all my shit has always been together and it's still not, it's still not together fully. And so I do want to share that. And I know many women struggle with that. And I wish I had found people like you showing me on Instagram what like a beautiful body could look like too. Not like the perfect, not like the the magazine cover that's like not actually realistic. And so I hate to say it's common that we don't get help, but I've helped so many women in either this like quasi recovery, right? Where we've struggled our whole lives and you kind of get good enough because maybe you're, you're weight restored, right? Or you look healthy enough and you're just kind of trying diets here or there, but you're not all the way to this place where you're like, I respect my body. And instead of, I think most women come into my program with these really black and white thoughts with this last supper mentality, or even really not trusting their body, right? They're like, oh, if I eat this, it's going to go straight to my hips, right? Like all of those thoughts about food and calories when they come in and working to reframe that is the biggest thing that we have to do in order for you to come to a simple relationship with food. How can you trust your hunger? So we have a lot of reframing activities that have to be done where instead of you saying, all right, if I'm going to eat this, it's going to go straight to my hips because that's what my family has always told me. Can you say, well, calories are energy, right? It's a little bit of science plus a little bit of mindful work, mindness, mindset work in order to say, well, instead of saying, well, you know, calories are just going to go straight to my hips. Well, what do calories do? And can I actually embrace the fact that I can eat calories and they can be energy instead of it being this good or bad if I'm eating right now, right? It's learning how to trust your hunger and fullness, how to know what fullness feels like to you, which is very hard if you've struggled with something like bulimia. You've probably had a lot of emotional eating triggers throughout your years too. What emotions lead you to food? And so working through all that is really important. And I just thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's just so common that we've gotten so many comments about, especially as females, right, about our what our physical appearance looks like. With males, as they grew up, it was like, you're great, doing great at soccer, right? With females, it was like, you're pretty. 
you're, you know, you look tall, right? You've grown. And it's like all of those physical appearance comments are something that I'm trying to change too with like, I have regular series on social media about things that I never want my daughter to say and things that I'm going to hopefully say instead. She's still young, uh, one years old, but we're working to kind of shift that too. So and I also have a lot of series on why I never compliment weight loss. We never know why someone's lost weight. Maybe it's postpartum anxiety. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's medication instead of weight loss always meaning I'm so successful now. Right. So a lot of those are things we have to shift with the society. For sure. I mean, I think that those are like literally when you meet someone and you're like, oh, you look so great. Right. Or you lost weight. I mean, it's just like such a natural trigger, um, like with and with your family, too. Like, I feel like literally all I whenever I see my family, it's like that's the first thing that it's like, oh, you either gain weight or you lost weight. Uh, definitely grew up an, a, with a lot of that. But I don't think it's I think with it's not anyone's like intention to to you know, to put someone down or to like make that part of the conversation. But it definitely is so subliminal and does psychologically, you know, stay in the back of your mind. Um, no, I appreciate, I appreciate like this conversation. I do want to ask a little bit further on like what is intuitive eating, right? So what is the uh, food freedom breakthrough components? So you said it's mindset work, but for the women that are struggling, um, you know, that are on like yo-yo diets or it's like the next thing, like why does this happen? And like, you know, how do you sustain to actually look super like to be healthy? And what is like, um, you talked about weight neutral. What is weight neutral? Let's get into a little bit of the science behind your system. Yeah. My system is three phases and the specifically in food freedom breakthrough, it's 12 weeks. So the first phase is really on reframing your thoughts around food. It's talking about what is our set point weight and set point weight theory. There's a few different names to what that is, but it's really discovering that your weight might fluctuate throughout your lifetime. But there's also when you're not micromanaging your calories, using my fitness pal all the time, yo-yo dieting. Honestly, if you think about the intuitive eaters in your life, maybe it's your partner, maybe it's, it could be somebody, it could be a female. A lot of times people think of males that are intuitive eaters for some reason, not to say males can't have disordered eating. Um, but when you think about intuitive eaters in, in your life, their weight is typically, I mean, you tell me typically pretty much the same, mm -hmm. right? The yo-yo dieters in your life or the women that have, have struggled or are always on and off a diet, their weight might fluctuate a lot. So the research shows us when you're an intuitive eater, your weight stays very stable over time. And that is the goal of my first phase. The second phase is working through all of the body image, body dysmorphia, which means you can't really see what it's worth, your body for what it's worth. Or when you look in the mirror, you might see right that you've, especially if you have a bad body image day and you decide to take action on that bad body image day by starting a new diet, by buying jeans that are too small to motivate you. So a lot of it is the body image work in the middle part. And we've had counselors, mindset counselors come in and help with really that deeper body image work in that part. And then the third part is gentle nutrition. So what that means, it's really, I think the hardest part about intuitive eating when you're alone without a dietitian is that gentle nutrition piece. Like how do I actually eat vegetables without it feeling like a diet? why would I ever pick a salad instead of a burger? And that's where a lot of people come into intuitive eating at is like, I'm going to eat cookies and pizza for the rest of my life. So that third phase is honestly what people think they have to start with is just to figure out how to eat. But a lot of it comes back to 
reframing, um, you know, what you, what you think, what you've been taught and working through the body, like hating your body that you've always felt like you needed to do in order to get to that nutrition piece where then we're able to do, um, a focus on my kind of my way of gentle nutrition, which is kind of like five key steps too. It's time to get out of spreadsheets. With HubSpot CRM, get real-time data at your fingertips so your team stays in sync across the customer journey. Track your contacts and customers, send personalized emails in bulk, and get the context you need to create amazing experiences for your teams and your customers at scale, all from one powerful platform. It's why more than 150,000 companies already use HubSpot CRM to run their businesses better. Plus, HubSpot's user-friendly interface sets you up for success from day one, so you can spend less time managing software and more time on what matters, your customers. There's no better time to get organized. Get started for free at HubSpot.com today. No, it's super helpful. I wonder what are those five key steps? Because when I do see, uh, like, you know, the food freedom philosophy, I do see the pizzas and that you can have the pizza and you can have the ice cream, but that's not what intuitive eating is. It's knowing, you know, well, you're the expert. What is that? What is intuitive eating? Um, Intuitive eating is all of it. So at the end of the day, the gentle nutrition is like the last piece, right? It's like the 10th principle of intuitive eating. Um, But the gentle nutrition part specifically is instead of asking yourself, how many calories is this clean enough? Should I really eat this right now? I should feel so guilty for eating this. A lot of times we want ourselves to reprogram, especially when let's say you're planning a meal. My number one question for you might be, what do I have available? Or what have I thought about having available in my kitchen this week? The next step you have to understand before gentle nutrition is your hunger and fullness. So you're able to decide how hungry am I? Am I snack hungry, which is about an hour? Am I meal hungry, which is about three to four hours? Potentially, like what flavors do I crave right now? Sweeter, savory, a combo of both. What textures sound good? Do I want warm or cold? And then some of that gentle nutrition is something like, can I include a vegetable into this meal? So a lot of that just step work still has to come after things like understanding your hunger and fullness understanding where you are with the, the habits that you're doing now that are making it hard to ever get to it's all the it's all the retraining right so it's all the steps of retraining yes. and it's not it's not a this is it's it's a journey and so I love this this is this is so awesome I can't wait to actually be part of one of your next um programs when is the next one I would love that it's coming up March 6th okay well. So perfect. We'll link we'll link um, the free, uh, the food freedom breakthrough program in the show notes, and maybe we'll have maybe I can host a cohort with our CO school women. So that would be so fun for for all of us. So whoever is struggling uh, currently right now with or you're resonating with anything that we're talking about, send me a DM. Send, like send me a note. Screenshot this episode. Say, Sanira, I'm struggling with this. Tag Deanna too, and let's put together a a little cohort and we'll we'll go through Deanna's methodology on just having that freedom because I definitely I feel like I've gotten, you know, the more I work on my mindset, I've been so great. I will say that uh I'm I'm not I, it has had effect on my food. So the better my mindset is from a, like the more I journal, the more I meditate, the more I'm like in control of like my mind in other ways, I actually have such wonderful food years during that time. And so for me, I've actually 
kind of broken through um, some of those patterns uh, that I struggled with, with just incorporating more mindset work and just incorporating that into like my day-to-day and focusing on my health versus my weight. And so there are so many things that I've been able to naturally do, but I, I do think that there's a lot of unlearning still that needs to get done. What do you feel like you're struggling with the most? Um, currently, currently right now, I would say I've actually been doing really good. Um, I'm in a really good place right now. And so I do want to say that I'm in a really good place. I was struggling with well, I recently left my job, and so I just announced that, and uh, I haven't done a full podcast episode. Congrats. Thank you um, on that one yet. So stay tuned for some of the like a little bit more in in details. But just the stress of being a CEO, right, is so much, and at every stage. So I don't want to discount, you know, my stress from when I was in the startup years and just in the building, like early building phase to the scaling phase to now the enterprise stage and beyond. Um, I would say that my stress affects how I eat, period. And so when I'm in the stress stress environment, I actually have like I'm I'm actually never hungry. It's really odd. So like like I'm I, when I work, I can go through all day without eating and then I would come home and I would eat everything in sight because I'm starving at like five o'clock or six o'clock. So yep. for me, yep. it was about my calories, like actually eating breakfast. Like I never ate breakfast. I drink coffee until like, you know, one o'clock. And then uh, my amazing assistant, like whoever's ordering lunch somewhere, there would miraculously be some sort of salad, like, you know, at my desk and I'd eventually like pick at it. And so I wasn't really eating much during the day, not on purpose. I just didn't have time. And so I was making poor food choices in a sense. I was eating super healthy during the day, but actually not enough all day long. And then I would come home and I was stressed and I was tired. And then whatever my kids were snacking on, I would open a a bottle of wine and then like it would just go straight down from there. So that was like where I struggled the most with over the last several years. That's so common coming in. And I'm so excited to work with you and the cohort, honestly. Um, But I love how we do things like in real time here. We're like, yeah, let's just do it. We're having a cohort. Let's, yeah. March cohort program. Because honestly, then March leads into summer, right? It's like March, April, May. And then you're able to have like all the memories of summer where you're able to buy shorts. You're able to buy a bathing suit that you feel good in. You're able to enjoy the ice cream dates. Like that's why I love my spring program because it's just like, oh my God, my summer, I always get messages and follow-ups that are like, my summer has been completely different. Oh, and I, I love that. Like just the quality of life. It's not so much about the food. When you finally have food freedom, it's like, holy shit, like I can go and grab coffee and try the pastry if like this place is known for that. And I don't skip meals and I can be the friend that decides like, hey guys, it's okay if we go and get lunch instead of just being like, oh, right, we could skip it again, right? Like you're actually so much more empowered. And I think a lot of women also think it's not bad enough yet. Um, And I always say like, if you don't heal it, you're going to, it's going to come back in a few years and bite you in the butt. So I think it's just such an empowering, I've had, I've had like past, like in my old job, a past HR manager join. Like there's just been so many people join who are like, I don't think I need it, but it seems just so amazing. And just the change. Oh, I think every woman needs this. I mean, we are psychological. Every woman. I mean, I kid you not, like even what you're talking about in the summers, um, I had the best summer last summer and I was truly at my best. It was the first time. And, and and that's what it is. My work is when I eat shitty. And so when I was on vacation, I didn't come back gaining like I thought I was going to gain all of this weight in Europe. I did not. And I did have like the, you know, the I was in, you know, Portugal and they had these like pastry custard like things that's like 
that were like ridiculously amazing. I'm going to butcher the name, Pastiel or something like that. And it was like, I had one for breakfast like every morning and I don't even eat, yeah. like I would, I would not eat that in, in my regular life, but I gained, I didn't gain any weight. And I, I do think that it's like sometimes for women, it's this all or nothing philosophy that I've seen a lot with my friends. So uh, I've seen I've seen a lot of like when they're in it, like they're super, super clean, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then it's like completely off the wagon, like over the weekend. Um, and it's just all or nothing at all times. And I, I've also struggled with that at different points in my life. Um, but I think that's what that's what we have to break through is the like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It, you don't. I love the set point uh, um, philosophy as well. So um, we also go into a lot of it it sounds like your potential coping mechanism with stress has been food at the end of the day honestly i think it's more because you were skipping breakfast and just like kind of munching on a salad i think you needed to like sit down and be mindful with the salad and make sure there are like carbs and enough protein and enough fat like i agree when i'm when i used to work corporate and we used to get just get those small little salads with not enough and now at home i make massive salads and make sure i have you know, peanut butter toast on the side if there's not a carb and a fat in it, right? So it's just like, it's really making sure instead of like, I'll just have the small salad. It's like, let's have a real meal and see how you feel at the end of the day too. And I I do think the stress part, I hear a lot and we work a lot on what other coping mechanisms can you have instead of just reaching for food when that emotion comes up? Because I do work with a lot of moms who are like, I just want to like dive into the cupboard once my kids are asleep because I've been so stressed out. I haven't eaten enough, right? And it's like, the Oreos, the Trader Joe's cookies, right? It's like everything all at once. Oh my God. No, for it, it's, it's so true. And it, it's a lot on us. Like it is. And I, I think that food is, um, it's emotional, right? And like, that's at the end of the day, like like business is emotional. Food is also uh, emotional and it doesn't have to be. Um, but for, you know, it, it, this is something I'm really excited about. So let's definitely get the cohort going if this if this conversation resonates we had no plans of doing this but if this does resonate with you please do tag us let us know uh and we'll hopefully we'll put together a co school cohort um and we'll all we'll all begin a new wellness journey together and i do agree with you deanna that it's not it's not bad enough is not the philosophy i actually feel like i'm in such a great place um with you know drinking i've had like I have probably five dry days a week. I've like probably only drank two days out of the week. Um, when I wasn't mindful, I would come home from work with like just to have a glass of wine because I'm so stressed out. And honestly, I think that even just like just removing that work stress, I'm just like I'm so much happier. Um, and then I'm not I'm not actually reaching for that bottle of wine, and I'm only drinking when my friend like I'm being social and you know, or when Faisal and I like, you know, are like cooking together. It's just been so awesome. But just because I'm in a good place right now doesn't mean that that can't come back when when work does get busy again and when things do take place. So it doesn't have to be bad enough. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. To kind of close off, I know we could sit here and talk forever um, and I can't wait to, to continue the conversations. I would love to uh, just talk about, I mean, one of the things that why we do the 2% conversations, you know, every week is what were kind of like your biggest aha moments in, you know, starting your business. We've got lots of entrepreneurs here listening who might be in a similar, you know, place, you know, where you were. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of women are doing one-on-one coaching or one-on-one services or are early in their businesses. We have every industry ever, but uh, how did you, 
like tell us what are like the biggest lessons and like what are some milestones that they can look forward to and crossing from that starting phase to that six figure phase and then from that six to seven figures? Uh, different milestones in my journey that I always urge women to do. We And I do work with women who are starting and scaling, but in my scale program, I think number one, we're telling them how to build out something like a, a group program, right? So it's not so much one-on-one work where you're burnt out doing everything so personalized for every single person. So I do think transitioning into something like a group program or a course, or it could be a hybrid that we teach where I just think that's a huge stepping stone for women is like having that be a piece, especially if you're a health professional, you've probably started out with one-to-one work scaling that way. I think most women also really struggle with delegating. Most women are coming in a one-woman show. They're doing literally everything. There are 10 roles. And once we show women kind of like, well, here's where you could delegate that and write down everything you hate in your business and let's hire on your first role for everything that you hate. And um, I think just delegating out and learning how to hire on their first role is also really important. I agree. And then I think, yeah, I'm sure you agree. (laughs) I think women wait too long to hire on. That's what I did. I waited too long to quit my full-time job. I just quit my full-time job two and a half years ago. And it just, my business doubled every year since I quit, which is wild. Like once you decide to quit and bet on yourself. Go all in. When you go all in, that is when you reap the rewards. You can't be – I do think that there are – like just to pause here on this topic, I do think that it's totally okay when you're trying to get proof of concept or you're trying to validate, right? And you're like not ready to maybe leave your nine to five yet because you have a side hustle and you're looking to validate. I totally support that. But once you have that traction, if you do not like make that leap, you're going to be stuck in that plateau forever. You're never going to make that jump. A thousand percent. I also think most health professionals come in and a large part of my skill program too is like, who do you actually help? We have to know what their pains are on the left side, what the transformation is you're providing and what the end destination is. And you might be the end destination or not, right? I have people come in and focus on diabetes or period recovery or gut health or osteoporosis training and they might not have osteoporosis, but the pains you have to be really clear on. So niching down, you can't help everybody. Mm-hmm. You can't help people lose weight and find food freedom and tone up and fix their metabolism and fix their gut, right? The more specific you are, most women come in trying to help everybody. I agree with that a hundred percent. Oh my God. Let's talk about that for a second. It is so true. Riches are in the niches. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Riches, are, I, I have a second. I, I actually, it actually goes further. Riches are in the niches, bitches. So <laughs> it's so true. That's you have cool. to know who you're serving. But as women, yeah. sometimes we're, it's just our, we are nurturers. And so we do want to do everything and do everything for everyone. One of my biggest things that I see inside of our CO school cohorts on the skill component when we are in that phase is that they're not willing to let anything go. And so if you're not willing to let anything go and you're going to try to devise a product or a service, and this applies to every entrepreneur, if you can't get focused and know exactly what your value proposition is, and Deanna, you know, you you called it the transformation statement, right? Whatever the transformation is, whatever the value proposition is, you have to be able to be so specific to to that ideal customer. Um, and that's where they're going to be loyal to you and that's where they're going to buy. And that's how you can scale to, um, you know, like to the next level when you're trying to do everything for everyone, 
you're going to always be building and it's never going to be good enough because you're going to be a jack of everything and an expert of none. So you have to stay focused. I 100% agree with that. I think it's also part of the hard part about scaling is I want to give my experience and like my hands-on help to every single client. And as we've grown and we have some co-coaches in the program who have been in the program and have scaled to multiple six figures themselves, like I am confident in that, but right. You like want to touch every single person because of how much you've grown and you want to give that to everybody. And I think just knowing how to really be the face and show up and make the most impact on the people you're helping, but not be the person doing everything, the admin work, all the stuff. Oh, absolutely. I love that. And, uh, you know, you are, you know, you need to be one plus one should equal three when you do your hire. And as soon as you make the right hire, it's not just delegating off the work. Your business will expand further with that. So amazing tips, Deanna. This has been so fun just talking business with you and honestly just getting vulnerable and talking about something that more women should be talking about. And I just appreciate all that you share online. Uh, I love watching you eat your peanut butter toast. It always makes me want to go get up and get a peanut butter toast. So you have to follow uh, Deanna at Dietitian Deanna. We'll link everything in the show notes. And let us know if you want to do this next cohort. Um, we will we'll definitely put a CO school uh, promo in there. We'll try to get, you know, we'll work on this after the show now so we can get our little, our group going. And we'll definitely ensure that it's part of our CO school internal community inside of the club and the boardroom as well. Because I do think that it's just because it doesn't have to be bad enough. Um, it is bad out there. The world is, um, is you know, shares an image to women that is, it's, it's not right. It's not realistic. And I want to create, for me, this is not for me. This is for my daughters. Like I want my girls to grow up with just loving their bodies. I want them to absolutely love their bodies and their beautiful, healthy bodies and not feel for one second that they have to think about the calories or the carbs or the whatever. I want them to be healthy. And that doesn't mean that I want them to eat junk and garbage. And I want them to eat nutritious, whole food, and also be able to indulge when they want to and just live their best, most healthiest self and and with the right mindset. So thank you for doing what you do um, so that we can make, you know, our girls, um, you know, the best that they can be. I know you said we're changing the narrative for entrepreneurs and I see it, but I also see the narrative of diet culture and women only caring about their weight changing. I really, really do. I know if you love TikTok, I'm on TikTok. I just feel like it's such a different generation and I'm honored to honestly impact it. And I hope when we work with more women from the CEO school community, you can just feel how you can pass that on and end that generational cycle of dieting that you've been in. Because most women come in having been affected by the media, their parents, or just their community and friends. So I'm really excited for that. Yes. Let's bring our friends. I'm excited. All right. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you so much for sharing and being open too. No, I, I, I'm, I'm happy I did. I, you know, I've, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to let it out. And so I, I, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I really am proud of myself. I've had a really big struggle through the last decade and I've had periods in my life that have been really low because of it and it's such a secret no it's just not like it is and it's not there's so many women that struggle with it and um we it just I'm just I'm I'm glad that I could share my my story here today well with that I will see you guys next week at CEO school I know today was uh, a little bit more 
uh, a little different, um, but let us know how you, you know, resonated with today's episode. Leave us a review. This is how we grow the show. Definitely tag Deanna and I on Instagram and we'll be resharing and hopefully bringing all of us together in this beautiful conversation forward um, with love and light. I'll see you guys next week. Hey, everyone. It's Sanira here. CEO School is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We're part of a family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like Billion Dollar Moves, hosted by Sarah Chen Spellings. Join venture capitalist and strategist Sarah Chen Spellings as she asks the hard questions and learns through the triumphs, failures, and hard lessons of the creme de la creme so you too can make billion dollar moves in venture, in business, and life. I recently enjoyed listening to Sarah share a discussion on the ethics of AI, finding inspiration, and executing that founder's vision while finding purpose along the way, even post-exit with the global pioneer of emotional AI, Rana L. Kalubi. Listen to Billion Dollar Moves wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game-changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.